0: Welcome to Go to Germany Stories, the podcast dedicated to international business, European expansion, and especially the go to market in Germany. Today, I'm excited to welcome David Frey, Head of Dach and Eastern Europe for Swan, a French provider of a banking as a service solution. With Swan, we explore again one of the very good examples on how to launch a German market with success and overall on how to launch a European brand. Together with David, I talk about how to launch a European brand and a team, setting the right goals at the right time for the German market, finding first clients with the right marketing and communication support, and of course, how to make the European dream team work. We'll make a special note of the importance of knowledge management and documentation in this episode, a topic that is really dear to us in the Wings team. So David, welcome to the GoTo Germany Stories Podcast.
1: Thanks for having me, Andrea.
0: Maybe before jumping in our questions today, can you tell me a little bit about Swan and what you're doing at Swan?
1: Sure. So Swan is a banking as a service fintech which was originally founded in paris in 2019 um, for those who are listening who are not so familiar with banking as a service um, what we are offering is white label banking services so with swan uh, we enable any basically any company to integrate banking services into their own offering and banking services are bank accounts our cards our local IBANs and um, and we are doing this while taking all of the compliance processes, all of the banking operations processes, which also means that companies who are not experts in fintech in any way can still work with us and um, when we were founded in 2019 it was of three really like payment specialists and now we're a team of 170 people four years later.
0: Okay so a real success story and also a success story that um, is now in Germany so not now because you're already there for a couple of years and so tell me, how did you, um, when and when and why did you decide to launch Swan in Germany? What was a little bit the situation when the project came up? Um, what what was the development stage of Swan at that time?
1: I think the, the nice story about uh, about Swan is that from day one, it was, it was planned. As a European company, so even though our, our three co-founders are are from France, they they had a European ambition from from day one, and and this is reflected. I always tell I tell this like um we, we we only had an English homepage for many years. Then we translated it to to German when we entered the German market. Then to Spanish when we entered the the Spanish market, and and only at the fourth language uh, we translated it to French, and and I think this very nicely reflects um the 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 goal that that our founders had from day one. Um, also, when we when we launched um, and, and and sold the product into the market, uh, we 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 didn't only start in France, but but um uh, but also targeted companies all over Europe, and um, the decision to to enter Germany was was made quite um, early on, um, because if you want to be a really successful startup scale up um, in in Europe. Of course, you need to um, to think about how to 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 expand into their largest economies within Europe. So this is this is mainly the the, the simple answer uh, behind the question. And of course, um, if you want to be very successful, France and, and Germany are are the two largest economies. So so therefore, we we heavily thought about having Germany as the second country to also hire a team. But on the other hand, we also Looked around and thought, okay, where are the the where is, are the vibrant fintech capitals in in Europe? And Berlin, over the last couple of years, really developed itself in a, in a very good fashion. Here we have so many successful founding stories here in the in the fintech space, and our our hypothesis was. If we if we go to Berlin, if we manage to build the network there, if we exchange with all of the really successful founders there, and we we, we can we we will also be successful as a as a brand. And this is why we decided uh, to go for Berlin. And the last point is of course also that um, that there is good talent, right? Because over the last ten years, the startup and fintech ex- ecosystem developed here. You 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 have a lot of people who have worked for the big uh, companies such as N26, such as Trade Republic and, and many others. And, and therefore, at, comparing it to 10 years ago, it would have been way, way more difficult to, to find people who had worked in startup before, who had even worked in FinTech before. And, and, and this is now way easier. And this is why we decided to go for Berlin.
0: Okay, it's still a challenge for for many companies to find the right talent, even in Berlin, but uh, I think you're giving hope to a couple of people, especially in the fintech sector, True. But, uh, but I agree. So, um, so you said you launched Swan in 2019, or Swan was launched in 2019, and the German market was launched in which year?
1: And um, this was launched officially in 2022 when when i joined and um so look looking back i had my my first day as the first employee outside of france in berlin um on the on the first of march 2022 and what we did then was um we it we 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 prepared the official launch for six months Right. Because we wanted to, to first uh, hire the, the, the team. Um, we are a licensed institution, which means that the first hire. After me was our compliance officer <laughs> to, to be the one uh, with the interface to the BaFin and to the Bundesbank. And and the second hire was someone in the account executive team. And only once we had this team and once we had um, prepared, we officially launched then in September 2022 um, the, the, the Berlin office and, and, and the German market for us
0: okay so you so it's interesting because so you decided to first build the team so you came in in march uh, you started in september so during those six months you hired the first small team but you also did some preparation i guess uh, for the german market so what did you do in those six months except the hiring and and maybe also give us a tip on how you found those two persons because you know when you're not known in the market yet it's not so easy to find the right people so uh how did you do
1: You're absolutely right. Um, So, of course, it it started with me, which was already in 2021 when I had my hiring process and then I joined in March. But we already had an idea who this first core team would be. Um, So, starting answering this part of the question, maybe how did we find this talent? it's 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 relatively simple. We did so much outbound on on LinkedIn <laughs> mainly. Uh, we of course identified what companies um, would would be a good fit where these people um, worked before, because we, we wanted to have a team um, with some knowledge in the in the both like in the fintech and in the startup space um, to, to make it faster to to um um to to have this, this our 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 small team up to speed um so after a lot of linkedin outbound and a lot of interviews we we found these first hires um and you're right hiring was just one part of of what we what we were doing um, when we started um, the second thing was also since since we had a product from day one or since I basically being the first employee had a product from day one which I could sell, I also started, um, started selling and I know we, we will come a, a big, bit more into the details how I did so. So this is definitely what I did. I also started building the network because this was one of the underlying hypotheses of us that building the network will help us be successful in the long run. And one and, and there's two more parts. One was more product related because um, being a financial institution which um, is offering banking services, uh, we we only had French accounts and French IBANS to sell in the German market. And everyone um, who is a, a central comes from Central Europe knows how, that not only in Germany but also in France and Spain knows how important it is. If you want to be successful, you need to localize the product. Right, and this is something. This is a long process. If you want to, we are a French institution, and if you want to get a German account with a German IBAN, this is a one-year process um, where you uh, need to align with the Bundesbank, with the BaFin, but also the technical integration is something which is um, which is something that we took care of. And this process started just before I joined. So in the beginning of 2022, but something that I drove in my role very much so in, in 2022, so that by the end of the year 2022, we also were able to offer a localized product. This was the third pillar. And the fourth pillar was PR, right? Um, because also what we what we figured early on was that in order to be successful, in order to create trust in our brand, being a financial institution, offering banking services, uh, we we decided that we wanted to spend uh, that we wanted to go into PR um, and that we wanted to be covered in the tier one media when we officially launched um, the um, launched one in Germany and this was also a process and a lot of preparation um, together with local PR support um, that we did so these were like the four key um, tasks uh, from March to September two thousand and twenty two
0: okay that's uh that's great and you did all this out of paris or were you already based in berlin
1: i was already based in berlin so what i did in the beginning was of course that i was every every uh, every month in in paris uh, to meet the team to get to know the team to to align on things but our it is our our vision to also build a european company and and in order to do so it must be possible to also work remotely Right um, Today, we can say this, this is a successful story because we not only have the office in Paris, we have, one, of course, the one in Berlin, we have one in Barcelona and we're about to open one in Amsterdam. And we have people in all of these offices, of course, and, and all of the central functions that we're having, meaning tech, meaning product, we have, we have um, centralized in, in, in France. And all of the GTM functions are, are both managed from the, the local offices, but also in, in collaboration with, with the central team in Paris. But I, from day one, worked out from Berlin.
0: Okay, Okay, great. So coming back to one of the pillars that you just mentioned, uh, which is the sales pillar. Of course, uh, very important, uh, get first clients fast, right? Um, yes. <laughs> so maybe my first question would be, how did you uh, set your goals for the like for the first six months or for the first year uh, compared to the French market, and and what kind of goals did you have maybe in uh, hard KPIs and maybe some soft KPIs too? And then how did you how did you adapt the sales strategy and how did you find those first golden clients?
1: Good question because I think this is a challenging question for each startup that expands um, within Europe. So we were a bit in the lucky situation that when I started on 1st of March, that we already had three German business clients, um, which means that we also had a bit of a knowledge transfer. We got some feedback how we needed to adapt the product. Um, and it ultimately also showed that the product would still be would already be ready to be sold in, into the market. Nevertheless, of course, we, we didn't know um, what to expect. To be fully transparent and i think this 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 is probably what each startup or each company um, uh, is, is is facing when entering a new market and, and and hiring a local team so what we did at least for the first six months we only had relatively soft kpis on 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 the sales front it was the clear goal to to sign as many um, new business clients as possible um but we also were um we're sure that we needed to to set this up correctly and, and and in a structured fashion. So we we didn't go with the head through the wall. If uh, this is a German saying, I hope it it also works in English. Um, but but we we tested the waters, right? So um, we reached out to 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 many potential leads to to exchange to to testing the waters, and luckily we 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 managed to to sign relatively quickly, and and because of this traction, we could then also see okay what can we expect in the german market per account executive i was also selling myself from the beginning and 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 this is only like when in q3 q4 when we when we started to have hard kpis and um, both in terms of signed deals but also in terms of outreaches and um, this is not only true for germany but um, what we were back then was a sales team in the making. <laughs> so um, it was also not the, the case that we had 10, 12 um, um, sales, uh, sales employees in, in France, but we were only starting to to build the team. So, um, and and this is something where I think also the, the success of the expansion um, has its grounds because I've seen many, many startups who first focus a lot on the home market and, and, and build, a lot of revenue and then ex- uh, and then expand into new countries but then the fact is that these new countries are never priority or i've seen it a lot of times at least that it's always like like um prior b but this is something what i liked a lot about swan and which also made me join Swan was that we relatively quickly started this expansion and not had france as a super big uh, home market um but also they have this, this, uh, this, this European idea it as its foundation.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because from 2019 to 2022, it's not such a long time. So it was launched uh, rel- relative, relatively quickly. Um, and I have to add
1: one thing. Sorry, um, yeah? um, sure. um, One thing that I think is even more interesting is from 2019 to 2021, the team did not sell Swan. It was all about building the product. It was about getting our license from the French regulator, and only in 2021 we 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 um, had the first sales exchanges with with clients of ours or with leads of ours, which even means that one year after the official start, I started in in Germany. So one year after after we launched in France, we also launched in Germany.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, that's great, and. Um... So we're talking about the goals. So first of all, get to know the market and then have a better and a clearer idea of what kind of goals you can really set the team in uh, in terms of sales targets, for example. And then um, the sales strategy on the German market. So how did you do to find the first clients? Where did you find them?
1: So um, back in 2021 and 2022, our ideal customer profile was mainly in the startup, scale-up, unicorn market. Right, this this is where where the foundation of our success also was, and and we figured that we we had a tech product which is both suited for for startup scale-ups and for enterprises, but in order to Create the first kind of um, client base and, and the and creating the first revenue. We decided to go after founders and go after after scale ups because we figured that it would be way faster and and we we could we could create the first success stories in in this startup scale up space and then go more up market and this is exactly what we did. And um, when when we started also working from Berlin. Um, I think we had a quite classic uh, sales strategy because um, we we first uh, we knew what our ICP was. Um, we then defined what the what the use cases are where where we want to go, and then. We, we tried mapping out, like, what is our long list of potential leads that we were having? And then it was also my task to boil it down. What are the companies, uh, prior A, that we would reach out first, prior B, C, based on metrics, of course, um, and, and, and based on these different uh, KPIs, more hard and soft facts, uh, we, we created uh, this list and then started outreaching, <laughs> right?
0: Outreaching on LinkedIn by phone? Or did you just knock on the door? Because it was many founders, I guess, in Berlin, right?
1: Yes. And this is also what's nice about Berlin, because you can meet, meet people face to face. And yes, this is what we did. I think for us, what what helped a lot in the beginning was that um, I also uh, made use of our um, investors quite a lot in the beginning, because something that I learned in, in, in my previous sales jobs also was that getting this first exchange, getting this first discovery call, this is the most difficult one. But if you get a recommendation or referral from from someone, it's way easier to 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 get into contact with founders or or with C level management. And, and this is what what I heavily did, right? Uh, based on the priority list of, of leads that that we identified, I looked, okay, through whom could I get a first contact point into these companies? And this is, this is part of what we did. But of course, LinkedIn is, is uh, from, from the cold outbound. LinkedIn is by far the, the best channel and the one that is converting um, the most. Um, but what I also see now, one and a half years after I started, that building the network in Berlin was really the right call um, because this is what I really like about this fintech ecos- or startup ecosystem that we have here is that it's really or it's relatively easy to, to to get to know people. And I was harassing many of them to get a first lunch date or coffee date. And and now with some of them I've 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 known them now for one and a half years. And, and sometimes I'm just asking them. I've seen that you're connected uh, to to uh, this person or that person. Could you could you do an intro? And and yeah, this this helps. Lot. Okay,
0: so spending a lot of time in building the, the network, of course, and in the network, because I wanted to come back also, um, to this pillar. So the network of potential clients, but also partners. Did you also have uh, particular partners that helped you um, outside of your VC network, I would say, to get intros to, to potential clients?
1: yes so the, the i think the most important partner in this sense was mastercard um because we are we have a really close relationship to mastercard and as i said in the beginning we uh, main main products that we are having is bank accounts but also cards that we are issuing and we are exclusively doing this with mastercard and the good thing is that of course mastercard is a very successful company um, and has local teams. So one of the tasks also that I had in my role was to build a relationship with the local team here. And something that I appreciate a lot is that they have a a really active um, team in the business development space, which is supporting companies such as ours, partners of MasterCard um, to, to also get introductions to, to companies. Or even better, sometimes MasterCard comes to me and says, David, I have a really interesting lead um, uh, and we could work together in, in this uh, like three-party relationship. Can I do an introduction? And this is, of course, very, very valuable and something that we also, are doing in the other markets where we are. So our Spanish uh, country lead, she is in close exchange with the Spanish MasterCard BD team, our our Dutch representative in the Netherlands and, and so on and so on. And and this is also something which not only helped in the beginning, but also now.
0: So nourish the relationships with your partners so that they Definitely. can then help you uh, get into the market quicker. Yeah. That's, that's great. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, maybe, um, I don't know if you have any uh shared knowledge within Swan um, on this regard but how do, do you have an idea in Swan how the let's say the German customer is different from the others like from the French or the Spanish or even the Dutch customers do you have some you know nuggets to share with us
1: From from the feedback I'm getting like from the technical teams who are helping with the integration and also from the account management teams, I think the German customer per se is perceived polite but direct. I think this is a bit different uh, compared to to the French customers that we're having, or to customers from from other um, other countries outside of, of Europe. But also fair, right? Um, we are not sugarcoating, right? This is maybe a bit the uh, German a German thing. We we get directly to the point and 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 we we express what we want. To me, personally, this, this also helps to be more efficient, right? And something that we did also early on, we decided to, to have a German account manager. And, and even though she's located in Paris, she's German, and also the German culture, which, which definitely helps, I think, to, um, to, to manage a German client. But on the other hand, this is, this is a bit um, uh, talking black and white now, um, but in general, I think the, the founder generation with whom we are working is quite international. Mm, uh, if yeah. you if you're if you are signing a, a German scale up, you can be sure that the technical integration will anyways happen in English, and and the, and and with a high likelihood, um, the developers who are located in Berlin are not from Germany. So I think this is this in the startup space at least um, it, it's quite international anyways. But now since we are moving a bit upmarket, talking to more established companies, there we really see that there is is also um, more more of a difference and also the need to further localize because you have German developers who might want to to exchange with a with an account manager who's also German speaking or someone in charge at an established German company rather prefers to have a conversation in German with an account manager and this is also something that we are seeing and where we also build a German team around that yeah,
0: yeah perfect so adapt the team to the customer profile that you have and that you want to that you want to serve yeah that's uh, re- very interesting um now. Coming back because you said you 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 integrated yourself into the network, you met a lot of people um, and also the sales strategy that you have put in place. Now, coming back to one of the I think the last pillar you you mentioned in the preparation also was the preparation of marketing and PR. Uh, because it's interesting to start with PR um, because, you know, you always have to say something. I understand that it's an important point for you. So how did you go about this? So how did you set up like communication and marketing efforts from the very start? And also, um, how did you start with PR? What was the story that you told to the newspapers and that they picked up then?
1: So one of the first um, things that that we figured was that in order to be successful in the space where we are as a banking as a service provider, trust and brand awareness is something which is just mandatory. We have um, we have one very strong um, um, uh, competitor in the German market, which built a great brand around themselves and educated the market also quite well on what banking as a service actually is. Which also helped us in the beginning um, coming, coming to, to Germany as one because to the most people, I didn't have to explain what banking as a service means. On the other hand, I was always compared to this one, one competitor. And, and the first question in the beginning was always, what's the difference of you? What do you do differently? Um, and this is when we when we figured we need to build a brand of our own in order to be successful. And um, and then what we what we did was we said um, that we needed support, local support in, in PR. Um, this is something that you that you know way better, Andrea. Um, in order to be successful in PR, in order to be placed in tier one media, like a handelsblatt, you need people, experts who know the ecosystem, who know how to place a story, who um, know the people who are writing these stories. And this is what we, what we did also uh, quite early on. We decided to um to, to hire um, um two people who who are supporting who were supporting us with the PR strategy. and they also helped us a lot to to get the key messages, right. And not only for Swan in Germany, I have to say, but we because we didn't work so much with PR or in PR in France, it was a bit like a how to say. I think the network of our founders and our team in France was already so strong in the in the payment and banking space that PR was not so important. Right. But mm-hmm. in Germany, it was because no one knew us. No one had yeah. waited for Swan to, to enter the German market. And, and so we did a lot of groundwork for the European Swan, defining key messages and, and so on. And, and then we were lucky um, to, to uh, even be, be covered in Handelsblatt in September um, of, of last year, which was really the starting point of, of Swan in, in, in Germany. And the story that we were telling was that we are a banking as a service provider. Banking as a service, yes, is known in Germany, but we do things differently. It's way easier to work with Swan. We enable way more companies to work with Swan, not only the ones who are already fintech experts, but basically any company can can mm. work with us. And this is a story um, that resonated quite well, also in the German market.
0: And so you, this is interesting, so you decided to hire the people internally that worked on press, so you didn't hire an agency to do it for you?
1: Um, I have to, I have to um, explain it a bit. It's, it's not someone who works internally. It's still a consultant, but not an agency. Okay. Right? It's, it's someone who works on a, on a freelance basis and uh, who has been working also in agencies and, and for many, many years, and of course has a great network and, and, and knows the right journalists, but also knows how to, how to frame a story. And I think this is something which I appreciated a lot that our, our consultants here, um, they did the effort to understanding SWAN because it's not the easiest product maybe to understand. Mm-hmm. And it's a B2B product. And this is always even harder to pitch to pitch to a newspaper to, to write about B2B. And this is something where I'm really happy with with the choice that we made and uh, the time that we dedicated to explain it to one another. Um, because only then I think you can also be successful in PR. If the, the people who are working with you can also yeah pitch it because they understand what we are doing.
0: Yeah, of course, it's uh, it's so it's so important. So that's that's a good strategy. You you might you might uh, give us the contact of the person. We'll do I'm happy to do so. <laughs> <laughs> so many people are looking for good people who can do good PR, um and really um do this kind of work. Is is really crucial. So um so how many people do you now have working on marketing for let's say the German market or or even in general?
1: Yeah. So we have well, I have to say, I think in the, in the entire go to marketing, meaning sales and marketing, we have roughly 20, 25 people whereof five people are working in, in marketing. Um, but I think also the good thing here is what what's working is we, we have this, this function mainly centralized. Meaning that even our content writer um, is luckily in Berlin, which means I get a bit of a bit more resources when I ask. But he's working for for the European team. Um, but also our VP growth is is a German working from from uh, from Paris, which also means we have a bit of a German flavor in the marketing team. Um, but it doesn't mean that we have 100% dedicated people to to any market, right? We also don't don't have someone who is only focusing on the French market. But the entire team is 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 European, and it's also even though it's it's just a small team, it's uh, they are split between Berlin, Paris, and Barcelona, which is also great, I think, because it 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 it, it helps the spirit of 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 working um, European, and the interface to the PR. Um, consultants with whom we work is is managed by me plus someone from the um, marketing team who is managing PR. So this is this is mainly the, sto- the the strategy that we're having. We're centralizing the marketing team, but the the country managers still are the interface to the PR agencies.
0: Mm-hmm. And how many people do you now have in in Berlin versus uh, Paris?
1: Yeah, um, so so um, in we have six people who are permanently working from Berlin, mm. plus mm. another three who are uh, working from Paris but are focused on on the German market. And overall, we are so we have roughly 100, uh, 160 people in France, six people in Berlin, and another six people in um, Barcelona and Amsterdam.
0: Okay. Okay, so it's interesting to see the the, um, the ratios uh, between what is happening in, in Paris and what is happening then in the different countries. And um, how do you, uh, so you, you talked about the responsibility sharing between the different markets and the fact that it's really organized in a very European way, which is interesting because it's not so common. Uh, very often you have then dedicated teams, but I think it's interesting really if you want to um build the European brand, like to mix it up, to have this kind of melting pot um, always in the company to be sure that everyone is feeling also this European spirit into the company. Um, how do you, uh, maybe from a very practical point of view, how do you entertain this European spirit? Like how often do you meet? How often do you, um, you know, what kind of tools are you using to be sure that everyone is always on boat, in the boat and on board? And, um, and ha- what are the, the rituals that you have in Swan to be able to, to have everyone in the same spirit?
1: Maybe I can, I can tell a story to, to, to reflect also how, how, how this, this started. Um, I, w- I, was, I was the first employee outside of France, but actually not the first um, German employee because our, 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 um, our VP growth was the first one. And in the moment when he joined, the company language switched from French to English overnight when we were already 50 people. And I think this nicely reflects how, um, how the company is, is ticking in a way. And it starts all with the founders, right? Because also every every one of them, they they just changed this from from one day to the other. And today, it's it's completely normal that that everyone is is talking English in the company. Um, each of the calls that we're having are also, of course, in English. And um, we have, uh, from from a ritual or a meeting perspective, we have two offsites every year. One in vin- in in the winter time, uh, where we went to Chamonix this year, for example, which was great, <laughs> even even though the weather was pretty bad. Uh, but we we didn't have time to go skiing, anyways. And 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 then we have a summer offsite as well, bringing together the entire team. Um, now, since we are growing quite heavily, of course, we need to see how long this is possible, right? To, to, to have two of these events, maybe we we boil it down and only have one company-wide event, but I think it's it's super important to, to, to have this and, and to have people meet one another. Um, then, of course, we have regular offsites where the business units are meeting. So we just had, for example, our go-to-market team where sales marketing, uh, were meeting and, and we have similar um, 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 offsites with the compliance team, with the tech team, with the product team and so on. And something which is also, I think, um, supporting this, this cause a lot is um, we allow every employee of Swan, wherever they are located, to spend one week in another office at company costs as long as this person takes the train. Right, this is the only precondition, (laughs) and I can tell that (laughs) I can tell that um, in summertime uh, we had a crowded Berlin office, for example, (laughs) because this was also my recommendation don't come between let's say, January and March, because it's only grey and, and rainy in Berlin. But in summertime, it's it's one of the ama- most amazing cities that I know. And a lot of people actually took the offer and, and took an 8- or 10-hour train ride, depending on the punctuality of the Deutsche Bahn mainly, to, yes. to come to Berlin and, and spend some time here. And it was actually great, because it was not only salespeople or marketing people, it was engineers, whom I didn't have the, the opportunity to exchange with. It was... Um, Customer support uh, employees, where I also don't have a touch point in my my um, everyday, and, and and this is nice because it gives a great opportunity um, to meet people from the organization and also to build a unique and, and unified culture in Europe.
0: Mm -hmm. So you will be looking forward to the night trains between Paris and Berlin, right? You know that they are starting in December. It has
1: been an ongoing discussion on (laughs) Slack for quite a while and everyone is looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, fun stories, of course. I mean, um, there has been so much said about Deutsche Bahn, but everyone who is coming from France to Berlin is saying, oh my God, now I realize that, that the French rail is actually pretty good. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it is it is <laughs> French have to realize that it's really good just go to yes. Germany and try to connect to a Wi-fi in the train um okay um this is all great um we something that we discussed beforehand is um, and that we wanted to 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 talk about was organizing all of this knowledge that you have achieved and that you have accumulated uh, in the German go- to market and also in the other markets and you said that you have a quite strong, a position on knowledge management in the company, which is not, let's say, the most strong point of many startups, you know, writing things down and documenting them. So how are you doing this um, concretely and, and how did it already a benefit to you to, 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 to doing all of this work?
1: Based on the experience I had in former companies, knowledge management was always an issue. And um, because information was scattered, even though there was a knowledge management base, you um, because I think it's, it's, it's two pair of shoes to have a knowledge management and, and to actually live it. And what I liked a lot about Swan is when I joined that um, that even being an early stage company with 60 employees, we already did a great job in, in documenting knowledge in Notion. Um, and I think this is this is one of the success factors early on to just take a decision go for a confluence notion whatsoever but just take a decision and and, st- and stick with it because migrating knowledge is, is I think also something which is which is quite difficult and to me, this was very, very helpful in the beginning, um, and maybe I can I can just I, I can just tell a bit how my onboarding was. Um, back in the days, I had an onboarding in Paris where I would meet the team. Um, I would get a product training, compliance training, whatsoever. Uh, but of course, this is a lot of information because we are also working in a complex business uh, where you need to understand the the, the legal requirements, the technical. requirements, requirements of the product and um, of course one week is not enough to, to learn all of this and I was, I was pretty happy that I could do a lot of self-learning um, myself just looking into Notion because the compliance team did a good job in in, in in documenting what does it mean to be an electronic money institution? Um, where are the constraints of this? What is something what we cannot do? Um, or in payment, what are what is a payment rail? Um, how, how does payment work? What is a PSP, a payment service provider? And so on. So a lot of um, knowledge was already there. And I think what we also um, managed to do was, despite our rapid growth from when I started 60 people to now 170, one and a half years later, we still managed to create ownership of the different chapters, I can tell them maybe, um, of sales, of compliance, of operations. And um, and we were also quite strict in, um, in, 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 in documenting only in Notion, because we said, if we open Google Docs, if we document something there, if you document somewhere else, this will get, this will become more and more scattered and in the end it, it doesn't help our cause. And I think ownership is therefore super important and being strict about actually using it. And 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 this is something now everyone when, or now in 2023, it's not a question where to document things. It's a notion. And if you if you need to document something um in a in a Google Sheet, then link it to Notion, right? At the at the right state. And I think of course, no, I think knowledge management is never perfect, but we found a way how to how, how to make it work and and how to create a valuable source of information for our employees.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, that's really good uh, because I I think also that. Um, uh, the documenting phase is really important because you ha- also have you, you can have turnover, you know, so in startups that people are leaving and then they leave with all of their knowledge and it's gone and you don't know. Um, and sometimes also uh, things lay back a little bit. So you did something like you opened a new market a year ago and you don't really remember all of the steps. So it's good to document them while you're doing it. And then you can just, you know, open the book and follow the steps and, uh, and, and it's much easier. So So what's up next now? That's one. So, what's the situation uh, for, the, for, for the coming, let's say, six to 12 months? What are the projects that, that you're looking forward to? What's, what's going to happen? Sure.
1: Um, so, so, so what happened um, uh, quite lately is we closed our Series B funding and, and announced it in September. So we raised uh, 37 million in a challenging marketing, and uh, not marketing, but market, market environment and are very, very happy um, that, that we, we did so. And of course, this money is dedicated to foster our growth. One of the things that we are doing is we are, for example, in hiring, we're not doing crazy, crazy things, um, but we are always looking like where does it make sense to to expand the team and then do so. And of course, with now um, that we have closed the Series B, we we have security on that and and how we want to take the next steps. And we're happy that the that the market was was sharing our our strategy and our idea what we wanted to do. And um, what we are seeing is that we that we will focus on two directions mainly. Um, one is we will expand our product offering um, because we are seeing that we are quite strong with some use cases. Um, but here left and right, we also see okay if we would expand the offering to. In our case, for example, payment acquisition. The, the ones in the audience who, who are a bit related to fintech know what this means. To simplify it, uh, we, we, in, in the future, we can also accept card payments, for example, which will open an entire new market. Mm. And um, we will also allow international payments because currently we're only in the in the SEPA ecosystem, which is uh, limited to Europe. So there we have we have a quite, a cl- quite clear agenda on what we want to do product-wise. And in order to do so, um, we will also double double the team until in the in the next twenty four months, hiring more engineers, hiring more product uh, product people, because we we are and will remain a product um, uh, product oriented company, mm. right? And and I think this is part of, of the strength. We even though we're only four years old, we have a very good reputation on on our platform, on our tech, and this is something where we will definitely focus, and. These are the two things, and and when we are looking a bit more into into Germany, if I may, um, of course we want to to further accelerate our growth here. We now have sixteen um, clients in in Germany, and of course also we we want to increase this number. But not only in the in the startup ecosystem, but since let's say half or for for, for more than six months, we also started to go for more established companies, mm-hmm. and this is definitely the the way for us for swan um is to not abandon this, this startup or, or scale up ecosystem not at all because it, it we have great relationships there and we're growing side by side with with our clients but also going for for more established companies because one thing i think that happened is that banking as a service and embedded finance has created so many success stories that also now the more established companies are open um, to 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 think about it and uh, we have very good uh, we already have some some logos which are great already are in in very good discussions also also in germany and and this is something that I'm, I'm looking forward to do in the next let's say 12 months
0: and we're looking forward to it too so we're gonna take an update in a year to see where you are at uh, in, in the german market of course so uh, to sum up our um or to, to finish our discussion, we also always have a little, you know, French-German, um, let's say Finnish, because we're always very interested in all the French-German relationships. So um, what is your favorite thing about working for a French company in the German market?
1: Um, on, on a very personal note, um, I... Or- Look, looking back, when I was in the in the process of, of talking to, to Swan end of twenty twenty one, I I was I was about to become a dad myself, become a father, and and I played this quite openly, right, in the in the interview process. And what I really liked, also in comparison to to other companies I, I talked to, was the openness of this. And um, and all of our our C level management are our parents themselves, and they said, "Okay, David, of course it's not an issue at all." Uh, and 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 when the time has come, you of course also will, will go for four weeks on parental leave to, to spend some time there. And this is just an example of um, how family friendly I perceive Swan. And I think this is a bit what I also got as a feedback from from other other friends that I know who work for French companies that I think that. In, in my opinion, French is maybe a bit, uh, or one step further in, 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 um, in making it possible to, uh, to do both family and, and, and job. And, and this is something that, that I see on an everyday basis also, and this is what I like about, uh, probably I like the most about uh, working for a French company.
0: Okay, that's great. And what is your favorite thing about France itself?
1: Um, so of course I'm, I like to eat uh, and, and I, I very much like French French uh, food a lot. Um, when I look outside of the window right now in Berlin, I think we have like 15 degrees and it's it's not not the nicest and I had the pleasure to be on vacation in, in southern France last week at, at 26, 27 degrees. So this is something if, if I could could change a bit the weather and the location, um no, but this is something that I really like about France and and why I, I also like to spend a lot of time there.
0: Okay. And is there something that you, on an everyday basis that you like miss about France when you're not there?
1: Of course, to to meet to meet all of all of our, our colleagues, mm-hmm. right? Um, uh, this this is something that i'm I'm seeing. I think we we managed it quite well to to also establish. Um, the Berlin office, the Barcelona office, and have this one company culture. But of course, it's it's really nice to to be in in Paris and and to meet our founding team, but also the colleagues. Uh, have a coffee, um, uh, have a a nice lunch. Um, So this is something that I'm enjoying, but also just having the opportunity to to be there. Um, But also soon having the opportunity to be in the Amsterdam office, soon having the opportunity also again to be in the Barcelona office. And and, and this is something that I, I like about working for a European company with French heritage.
0: Okay, great. So I'm very much looking forward when you come back to Paris next time, then uh, we can have a coffee also, French coffee here, yes. or even in Berlin, <laughs> that would be really nice. Uh, thank you very much, David, for all of the insights. I think it's a really uh, good story and a best practice story. And many of the things that you have just mentioned, I think can be very good tips uh, for other founders. So, uh, or country managers, or just people who are working on a German project. So thank you very much. Thank you, to Andrea. Je suis heureuse que tu aies écouté cet épisode jusqu'à la fin et j'espère que tu as appris quelque chose de nouveau pour ton projet en Allemagne. Si tu as des questions ou des commentaires, n'hésite pas à me contacter par email sur andrea.vogan.wings.co ou sur LinkedIn. N'hésite pas également à nous donner 5 étoiles sur Apple Podcasts. Vielen Dank! Rendez-vous la prochaine fois pour un nouvel épisode de Go Germany Stories, le podcast de l'entreprise en expansion.